Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a monthly podcast where we discuss the evolving world of community engagement. Each month, we will discuss trends, best practices, and information to assist in running better community engagement programs. Hi, my name is Amanda Nagel. I am an engagement manager for Bang the Table. I joined the U.S. team in March of 2017 after about 15 years of service in local government. I'm so excited to be part of a company that is solely devoted to helping organizations do community engagement better. Yes, we sell software, but more than that, we partner with our clients to help them get the most out of Engagement HQ, using it to build better internal and external processes and programs. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with uh, not only a client, but also a friend, Danette Robertson from the town of Parker, Colorado. And we're just really excited to talk about how they are making data-driven decisions at the town and how EHQ is a part of an ever-growing, comprehensive community engagement effort for them. Danette, can you introduce yourself and talk about your role at the town? Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Danette Robertson, and I serve as the assistant to the town administrator. And in my role, I lead organization-wide projects and initiatives that support our strategic goals that are adopted by the mayor and town council. Um, I also provide high-level support to the town administrator in policy development, operations, and delivery of municipal services. I represent Parker on various task forces and committees with external agencies, and of course, there are all those other duties assigned that bring me some really interesting projects. Awesome. Danette, what made the organization look to online engagement tools as part of the overall plan? It was actually a convergence of a few different factors. The first was feedback from citizens in our 2017 survey. We asked the question, if in the future the town offered additional ways to engage and inform Parker residents, how likely would you be, if at all, to use each? And some of the options that we had for them were live streaming of planning commission meetings, virtual town hall meetings, open houses, additional project information on social media, and then the final option was a way to provide online feedback on specific projects and initiatives. And the online feedback option garnered the highest number of responses with over 90% responding that they were either likely or somewhat likely to use it. A second factor was that it aligned with one of our strategic goals, which is to foster community creativity and engagement. And then finally, we had a few public hearings on development where citizens were very passionate, and those meetings were very difficult for staff. Intuitively, we knew that there were other voices out there that were not being heard, and you know, because not everyone has the time to attend a town council meeting. Not everyone is that passionate one way or the other, and we wanted those other voices to be heard as well. Thanks for sharing that, Danette. I think all of us who've been in local government know what it feels like um, when we're trying to balance, is this a small group of voices? Is this um, indicative of larger um, feelings? And how do you how do you know? So um, I guess I, that brings us to the next question, which is really, you know, what process did you use then once you had decided to expand engagement? What did you use to decide how to make it that choice? 
Well, our procurement policy didn't require that we go through a competitive bidding process, but we wanted to make sure that we still conducted our due diligence. So we started with a list that was published by the Government Finance Officers Association, GFOA, and they listed over a dozen online engagement firms, and that's where we started. So we re researched the companies on the list and reviewed their client sites. From there, we formed a selection committee with um, representation from every department within the organization. And we selected three firms and invited them to participate in an interview and system demo. And we used specific selection criteria, utilized a ranking system to select the firm. And I think one of the key components was that we did have representation from all of the departments because that started the, um, you know, the entire process where we had buy-in and actual engagement from all of the departments. You know, that's one of the things that working with your organization really stands out to me each time is that representation across each different department. How did you decide internally who would be a part of that lead team as you made the decision and ultimately as you went through the buyer's journey? Well, we saw the potential for use in every department and, you know, typically you would have community development, public works, um, parks and recreation, but we thought that we could expand that and, you know, really take advantage of the tool with our other departments. Um, so what we did is we um, went to the executive management team and asked each of the department directors to identify someone in their department that they thought would be a champion for the project. We knew that if we had that participation from the very beginning, the rate of adoption would be much higher. So in forming the committee, that's exactly what we did. And interestingly, some of the department directors were very engaged with the project and volunteered to be on the selection committee as well. So we had a really great mix of all different levels within the organization. That's fantastic. The matrix really shows in the, the work that you guys are doing online now. What do you think you were already doing in the early stages of this journey that has made things easier for you in the long run? We already had a strong culture of community engagement before we entered the online engagement space. We saw online engagement as the next step and as a way to enhance our existing practices. I also credit our communications team. They were very instrumental throughout the entire process. Danette, I could feel the camaraderie in the room when I came to train your team the first time. Tell me about that. That's interesting that you picked up on that because we do have a great employee culture here in Parker. We laugh a lot. We're also a very collaborative group. Um, we have a lot of really talented individuals within, you know, not only our executive management team, but throughout the entire organization. And so we try to be inclusive with just about everything, and especially on a project like this that could potentially touch so many different departments and, um, you know, different work groups within the organization. Can you speak a little bit more to the diversity in the group and what that has enabled for the site itself? Well, I think having a diverse group at the table from the inception has translated into having a diverse group of projects on the site now. Um, currently, we have projects on the site from communications, the cultural department, the police department, community development, our urban renewal authority, and we have another one in the works that is finance related. 
and it has translated into a large number of visitors to the site because I think what happens is, you know, you might have participants that go to the site looking for a particular project, but then because we have other projects on there, they, um, you know, start looking throughout the site and might become engaged on something that they didn't even know was happening. Um, so we think that our next big push will be to convert more of those visitors into registered participants. Okay, we have to talk about it. Fact or fiction? I show this project every time I do training now, and local government professionals react in one of three ways. It's either like this hand over the mouth, nervous laughter, outright laughter, or shock followed by jubilation as they process its simple perfection. Tell us about fact or fiction. Okay, I can completely understand that initial dismay because it is a little scary to open ourselves up to some potential scrutiny, but we had already gotten over that hurdle. The fact or fiction concept was something that our communications department started on our town website and then saw the opportunity to expand to Let's Talk Parker. So it gives us a chance to set the record straight and legitimize Let's Talk Parker as an authoritative source for accurate information. But it definitely is something that you have to be willing to be vulnerable and willing to hear what some of those fiction stories are because some of them can be kind of extreme. But we monitor that very closely. I just love fact or fiction. I love that it's a way to really combat what's becoming some fake news stuff, even at the local level. Another project that I show of yours quite frequently in training is My Main Street. And I'd like to give a shout out to Weldy Cizel, who I know was responsible for building out that project. It's just fantastic. Tell us about it. Yeah, I think the project is great, and um, it's been very successful. So the town owns parcels of land in the downtown core, and before we begin to develop those, our Urban Renewal Authority, P3, which is partnering for Parker's Progress, is partnering with town residents, the business community, and private developers to determine what the community would like to see on the sites and what is feasible for the private market to develop. Essentially, we're trying to reach consensus on what the community wants and what the market will support because we all know those two don't always align. Um, so development in the downtown core brings out some passionate opinions on both ends of the spectrum. The effect that Let's Talk Parker has had on the project is that we are getting more balanced feedback. So the extremes seem to be minimized. We've even noticed a distinct shift in tone on social media that didn't exist before. People on social media are now policing others and calling out inaccurate information. We've seen them ask people to go to Let's Talk Parker if they want to know what the true facts are. Another interesting thing with this project is that we've provided access to our consultants. So we've set them up in the system as project administrators so that they can get their hands in the system. And it's been really beneficial to, I think, to them and then for us as well because then we have another set of eyes that has a different perspective. And so we, you know, we're bringing all of these talents together and giving them access to the tool. And I believe that the result has been great. 
what we're doing with this project requires some courage. We're opening ourselves up to potential scrutiny. Our redevelopment manager for P3, Weldy Fiesel, said that every time she hits the button to publish a new survey, she gets a little pit in her stomach because she knows the project needs this level of transparency and we need to hear what everyone has to say. Every time, though, um, she's always pleasantly surprised that we're getting such thoughtful and positive feedback. That's great. Community engagement is definitely not for the weary of heart, is it? No, not at all. Michelle Kivala, your town manager, hosts a very nice video on the site. Can you speak to the support that Michelle has given to the effort and how that's played a factor? Sure. Michelle's support has been crucial to the success. Without support from the top, I don't see how it could have succeeded to this extent. Michelle's always open to new ideas and innovative ways of doing things, so I had no reservations in bringing the project to her initially. Once she saw the benefits, she asked me to present to the executive management team and then to the elected officials. She thought it was really important you know, that we had their support from very early on as well. So from the beginning, we had that support from all levels of leadership, and it started with her willingness to try new things and, frankly, to empower her staff. Good for Michelle. And, you know, that's what, when you are doing the hard work of community engagement, what does give you the courage to push the button? You know, you have support from the top. That's great. Jeanette, you've had about 13,000 visits to the site since you launched February 21st. Half of those are unique visitors. In a community of 50,000, that is moving toward 20% of your residents who have at least visited Let's Talk Parker. How are you all thinking and feeling about this internally? We are so excited with the response from our community to Let's Talk Parker. We couldn't have asked for anything better. Frankly, it's well surpassed our expectations when we first launched. Our communications team coordinated a strong effort to market the site through our town website, through print publications and social media channels before the launch date, and they've continued to promote the website since. Our strategy was to begin with educating our residents about Let's Talk Parker on how to use it and why we saw it as a valuable addition to our community outreach. I have to give a shout out here to Ryan Dittmer. He's our digital marketing coordinator who's been planning and executing a large share of the strategy. Since we launched, we've consistently posted about individual projects on our social media accounts to continue to promote the site. And we're able to track most spikes in site visits and project participation back to specific posts about Let's Talk Parker when we've shared that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can see that pretty directly. And those posts have kept our registration numbers consistently climbing too. We're closing in on our 1,000th registered participant. That's fantastic. Marketing is such an important component to online engagement. If they don't know, they can't go. I love how you all marketed this site. Can you share the creative strategies you used at launch? Well, thank you. I completely agree with you. I think marketing is crucial. And Let's Talk Parker launched on February 20th of this year. As we planned for this launch, we knew that social media would be one of our most effective ways to publicize the new community resource. Our communications director, Elise Pennington, came up with this great idea of using Candy Hearts as the core of the promotional campaign since the com campaign took place around Valentine's Day. 
and because the candy hearts are used for conversation. So it was just a really cute and creative idea. So this reflected the Let's Talk Parker objective of engaging in conversations with residents about our community. Um, with that idea in place, Ryan Dittmer developed the campaign. We started about two weeks before the launch with a simple yet purposely vague graphic for our social media accounts. So we had them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And we had those three hearts that said, let's talk Parker and the launch date. In the lead up to the launch, we posted more candy heart graphics that piece by piece delivered a little bit more information about Let's Talk Parker and its purpose. So we were really teasing it out. So using a lot of those great marketing principles, we incorporated phrases like put your heart into the discussion and let's have a heart to heart about the town we love to further tie into the Valentine's Day season. And we believe that the campaign generated a buzz in the community about the site, which led to about a thousand visits on that first day alone. So all of that work and planning leading up to the launch was well worth it. Huge success. Congratulations. And even the campaign you just described was a bit cross-organizational. So absolutely fantastic. Yeah, thank what you. What has been the community sentiment? You're welcome. What, what is the community saying? What are the users saying? And has there been any mention from non-users as to why not? We are fortunate to have a very active community that cares about the town of Parker and wants to be a part of the decision-making process. Let's Talk Parker has given them yet another way to stay involved. Overall, the community response has been pretty positive. We haven't had that many negative comments about it. Um, we've received comments on social media from people thanking us for adding this new resource and others saying that they appreciate that we're doing this to let them stay involved in the town projects and discussions. We've had some people that have shared confusion about the registration process, but we're able to quickly walk them through it so they were able to start participating with other active projects. I would say the only um, mention that we've had from non-users, we've had some people say that they're a little bit nervous about registering, um, but we think that over time they may overcome that. Awesome, awesome. We haven't mentioned the police project yet, and I'm really proud of myself for pacing. Um, I'm super excited about the work we're doing with the Parker Police Department. Josh Hands, your public information officer, has been phenomenal. Um, such a big part of my own background, so I'm so passionate about how this platform can help police services. What would you like to say about what you guys are doing? Well, I second that. We're very excited about this project as well. I think it's groundbreaking. Um, we didn't, when we first embarked on this initiative, I didn't have the police department in mind as one of our super users. And so they've really surprised us. And I think it's a very innovative department and just another example of the diversity on the site. And one of the interesting things that's happening is you know, people come to the police department area and then they end up commenting on other areas of the site as well. So what the police department has done is they created an ongoing map project where they invite the public to place pins on a map to identify locations that could use greater enforcement. It's extremely effective because they use the feedback to plan their traffic enforcement, and then they report back on how they use the information. It's just a great illustration on how online community engagement can directly impact decision making. So it's that near instant gratification. 
You all have received 60 big ideas. Let's talk about those. Where did the idea to ask for ideas come from? Interestingly, the spark for the idea came from Matt Crozier's presentation at the Engaging Local Government Conference in Golden a couple of years ago. For those who don't know, Matt is the CEO of Bang the Table, and at the time, I didn't know I would be using the platform in the future, but the presentation stuck with me all of this time. Matt presented with the assistant city manager from Longmont, Colorado on appreciative inquiry, and they called the presentation the flip, and it was about framing questions in a way to flip the conversation from a negative to a positive space. And the concept is that ideas will flow if people are in a positive frame of mind. And I developed the Big Ideas Project as a way to set the tone for the site. So instead of asking what's wrong with the town of Parker, I asked what big ideas the citizens have to make Parker even better. Talk about full circle, that's great. I go back to Sandy's presentation about the flip from time to time myself. What are you doing with the ideas that you receive from the community? Many of the ideas that are coming in are suggestions for the development along Main Street, so that coincides very well with the My Main Street project. And I pass those along to P3, our Urban Renewal Authority, to be included in their project data. If any of the ideas tip us off to safety-related issues or health issues, we address those immediately. But for the rest, we plan to review them to see if any themes emerge and potentially bring them forward for consideration in the 2019 budget or future budgets. There are some great ideas that have been submitted on the site, so we're very pleased with those. I think it's great that people are liking one another's ideas on the site as well. I love that kind of positive community interaction. For those listening who may be considering their own journey into online engagement, what is it that you wish you had heard in a podcast before you started on your own journey? What facts or things do you wish that you all had known? I wish we would have known what specific internal resources and skill sets we would need in order to launch the site. We were really focused on the technology piece of it and didn't think as much about roles and responsibilities. In the end, we did have access to the resources, but we scrambled a bit in the beginning because we didn't plan for that component of the implementation. That's great advice. So what's next? What are fun summer plans for Let's Talk Parker? We have a significant finance-related project in the works, and we plan to use the budget allocator tool. Um, we have not trained on that yet, so we're really excited about learning how that works, and I believe that we may be one of the first in the U.S. to use that tool. Um, we also want to focus a little bit more on reporting, and we have several other projects in the mix, and we're just very excited to get those all on the site. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing with our listeners. We hope you all have some fun in the summer, both on the site and on your own time as well. Sounds like a very busy town. Take care, and thanks again for everything. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us monthly as we continue to explore topics and best practices to assist in community engagement. Check out our other resources at bangthetable.com.